What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Good job, it's your boy Aaron Wright, your host of Michigan State of Mind. Really appreciate you guys listening in. Uh, <clears throat> we have some, uh, we have a couple of uh, tidbits to go over here. Uh, day forty-five was today. Forty-five days straight, man. Um, not skipping days. Uh, I really appreciate. Uh, some of you guys are starting to really uh, get into it. And that's super cool, man. I do appreciate that. And the more people that are going to be joining is going to help me out because I've had a couple of days where I'm just like, like I just don't want to do this right now. And uh, but you know, I'm trying to fight through it. I know you guys are trying to fight through it as well. Um, if you have any resolutions going, uh, you know, please be interactive on um, on my Twitter. There's tons of people who are gonna. Try to interact with you and you know, ask you for tips, what apps you're doing, uh, what you're working on, or um, anything like that. So uh, I do have a special guest coming on later on. Uh, we're going to talk about Iowa. We're going to talk about the upcoming game uh, versus Michigan and uh, you know, kind of what the Hawkeyes have, have uh, been up to. Recruiting-wise with Michigan, uh, as you guys know, there's been a crystal ball for Josh Christopher. Um, you, you can go on my page and you can see my breakdown for him. Um, if you don't have it or you haven't accessed it yet, please hit me up and I'll, and I'll do my best to you know, go out there and, and, uh, and, and tag you on that link. Um, also, Christian Lander. Uh, number one point guard from the 2021 class, right number 11th in the country. Uh, you know, Michigan is after him. On top of that, uh, there was a new offer out to Kennedy Chandler, who was the number two point guard in the class of 2021. Uh, number two point guard, right number 15 in the country. And uh, they have to be really impressive because I've seen this kid number – I think he's the number five point guard in the country. He's, his his name is Zion Harmon. Um, I've been watching this kid play since he was like in the fourth, fifth grade. Um, he is really freaking good. He's ranked number 36 in the country. Wondering if uh, if Jawan ever tries to pursue that. I know Zion is, you know, he's going to want to go to like a Kentucky or a Duke, but it's going to be interesting if uh, – if uh, Jawan and staff end up trying to target him pretty hard. 
when it comes to Michigan State, I know there is Kareem Manet. Um, he is a top 25 type player, a five-star type player. I know in the composite, it does say it does say that he is a three-star. He is not a three-star. Uh, he's only a composite three-star because the the people over at either I believe it's ESPN they don't rank anyone who goes to school outside of the US so that hurts his overall composite but he is a top 25 dude uh, he has had two crystal balls come in to Marquette uh, in the past couple of days and um, you know his situation to go to Michigan, Michigan State won't be bad um, you know you are losing Cassius Winston and Joshua Langford is 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 up in the air, but at the same time, if you look at the Marquette situation, you have a guy in Marcus Howard, um, who was the number one scorer in NCAA basketball. So when you have that type of guy leaving the team, that's going to leave a huge hole, and that's a part of what Kareem Manet is looking at. Um, and you have a guy like A.J. Hoggard, he's already coming in. Uh, I mean... It's tough, but I can definitely see why uh, he would have crystal balls, you know, leaning to Marquette. And if someone's read, you know, if you're listening to this, thinking that I'm like this biased dude and I'm just against Michigan State, blah blah blah, um, just know that when Mo Bamba was choosing between like Texas, Michigan, and one other school, I forget, but I said that. You know, going to Michigan doesn't make sense because he's going to have to play behind Mo, or he's going to have to play with Mo. But it's going to limit what Beeline can do. Or you can go to Texas, where he's going to play right away and play a bunch of minutes unless he's in foul trouble. And I said he should go to Texas if his inner circle is smart. Would I have loved Bamba to go to Michigan? Yes. At the same time. They had two future first-round picks at the four and five spot. That's in DJ Wilson at the four, and you have Mo Wagner at the five. And guys are saying, well, you know, Mo Bama was a lottery pick. So, yeah, he was a lottery pick. But at the same time, you have two future first-round picks who are also seasoned vets. Like, they've played in college before. They're not just going to, you know, give up that, that uh, spot. I think uh, – I think I said, like, I tweeted this out. I was like, it's like you know, getting Mobamba is like already having like an orange and a red Lamborghini. And if you had a yellow one, like, do you need one? No. But would you say no to it? Probably not. You know what I mean? So um, I think if Kareem Manet chooses Michigan State, I think that would be great for him. But I also see the appeal with him going to Marquette. Um I don't know. Wojo is a bit of a snake oil salesman to me, man. He reminds me of, of a Terzian. He can recruit okay, but really when when the lights are on, his guys just don't perform. I don't know why. I don't know. You know I'm not sure why that's a thing, but that's just how that is, man. I don't get it. I honestly don't know why anyone would go to Marquette to play basketball. I have no clue why. I mean, you are in a good conference, but you no, know, I don't see why you would go play for Wojo. That just, you know, unproven, 
hasn't won much. Has he ever won the league? I don't think so. Quick mailbag because you guys let me down. Only three questions. That's crazy. Y'all are wild for that. I usually got to sift through like 20, 25 questions. I got three. I probably posted that at like the wrong time. It was like 514. I don't think many guys are you know, on. Or it was like in between like two wild tweets and you guys just missed it. But bread shoot at B shoot. How much does the defense improve if when Livers comes, Livers gets back? I know everyone talks about how much his offense means to this team, but I feel like he has missed a lot on D as well. He does help. I think that he could become a much better rebounder. Uh, I don't think he rebounds as as well as he could and as well as he should. Uh, at the same time, I think a lot of our defensive issues are little things like you know not recognizing who was who on the basketball court. Um, I, I just feel like our defense is just playing one vanilla way against everybody, and it's really hard to do that, especially in college where different teams have so different tendencies. I don't think Michigan's doing a good job at exposing that right now, unfortunately. So I think when he comes back, it is going to help uh, make things a bit more steady. But in terms of really helping out the defense, you know, who knows? If you look at the Iowa game that Michigan has, you know, already played, they had to score over 100 points just to win that game. So, I mean, he's he's going to help steady things out. He's going to help more with the flow. But defensively, I mean, I don't think he's going to help all that much. And when I say help all that much, he is going to help. But I'm saying, like, he's not going to like have like a big impact change to where like oh now there's some like strong defensive team that's what I'm talking about like he he's not going to be like a game changing defensive person um i just don't see that all right slipping jimmy at jim 402395790 what will happen what will michigan starting five look like next year supposing they land christopher as well I don't want to think about that because I think that um, there's going to be a lot of depth, but not all depth is a great thing Um, because, you know, someone's going to be upset and you're going to want to give minutes to X amount of guys. And, you know, there's only there's only a limited amount of minutes and there's a limited a limited amount of basketballs out there. So I want to think about it because I think I mean. Jeez, uh, I don't know. Like you, you can go with <coughs> man. You can go with like a big lineup with Christopher at the one, Wagner at the two, Livers at the three. Um, geez, Isaiah Todd at the four, Dickinson at the five, or Johns at the five. You could do so many different types of lineups, man. Uh, or do like DeJulius at the one, uh, Christopher at the two, Wagner three. But like, <laughs> like there's going to be a lot of dudes that are going to be being for a limited amount of spots. But every spot is going to have a lot of competition. The one's going to have competition. I, I, I still believe 
Wade and DeJulius are going to really push for that point guard spot. Christopher would be able to get to that spot too. Uh, the two guard spots are going to have a lot of competition. You're going to have Christopher. You're going to have Wagner there. Uh, you know, who knows what happens. Uh, yeah, Brooks is going to – he's going to be a senior. What happens with that? I mean – and then you're going to have attrition because guys are going to be asked to leave. Look at the three. You have Wagner again. You're going to have Livers. You're going to have uh, Isaiah Todd is going to be in that in that mix as well. You're going to have Terrence Williams going to be in that mix. Oh, and I haven't even talked about Zeb Jackson. Zeb Jackson is going to be for the one, two, and the three. Then you're going to have a four spot. You're, you're, you're going to have Johns, Isaiah Todd, Livers, Bogner, if you go small ball, Terrence Williams as well, too. At the five, you still got Dickinson. You still got Johns. You still got Castleton. There are so many dudes. Like, dudes, like, there are no wasted scollies out there for next year. It is unreal. It is unreal. Uh, so I can't even give you a starting five, honestly. Way too many, way too many Man, way too many variants. Way too many possibilities, man. You had another question here. Tessie looked great defensively last year, one of the best bigs in the, in the nation. Now he's getting worked on D. Is that due to B-Line Yakus leaving or teams just figuring how to attack him? I think it's a lot about the team defense. I I broke that down um, on, my, uh, on my Twitter the other day. You should check that out. It's just about the team defense. Knowing who you're guarding, knowing who you can help off of, when you can help off of them. Uh, I don't think the team defense is has as much attention to detail as a, as they've had in the past, unfortunately. Jacob Lumsden, at Jacob underscore Lumsden. How many more career-high scoring nights will Michigan's defense allow to opposing players this year? <laughs> Man, I don't know cause, because there's some – there's some cats we haven't even played yet that can go. I'm going to say there's going to be at least three or four more nights where we're just beside ourselves because some dude is just frying us. It's unreal. Ever see an untucked button down? They look, well, bad. Why? Because they weren't meant to be worn that way. Thankfully, there's untuck it. The original button down shirt actually designed to be worn untucked. No matter your size or shape, untucked shirts always fall at the perfect untucked length. Um, I'm like a bigger dude, and this shirt fits fine. They sent me a couple. Um, works really, really well. Um, has has like 50-plus fit combinations. Uh, you know, looks great. You know, tall, short, slim, athletic guys, all ages, man. Um, choose from styles like wrinkle-free button-downs. Super soft flannels, outerwear, and more, man. Uh, with Untuck It, your shirts will never look baggy, bold, bulky, too long, or too big ever again. Uh, the website is super easy to use, super user-friendly. User uh, they even have a whole page devoted to helping you find your perfect fit. So whether you're shopping for the perfect gift or just trying to craft a smart, relaxed style of your own, Untuck It is the way to go. Visit Untuck It. Dot com and use code BLUE, that's blue, for 20% off at checkout. That's U-N-T-U-C-K-I-T dot com and promo code BLUE for 20% off. 
All right, I am back, your boy, Michigan State of Mind. Um, I'm being joined right now by Adam Rosso from Hawkeye HQ in the local four news. Um, thanks for joining me, Adam. I really appreciate it. Yeah, you bet. Excited to talk some some Big Ten hoops. Yeah, for sure, man. Uh, so your Twitter is at Adam J Rosso, correct? Yep, exactly. R O S S O W on the last name. Gotcha. So are you? F- so you're from Iowa, like, like how long have you been covering Iowa sports or hoops? Uh, what's your background with them? Yep. So I'm. Uh, this is my third, or technically fourth season, I guess. My third year. I've been down here in uh, the Quad Cities, covering. All the University of Iowa athletics. So um, I cover them for three different stations across across Iowa television stations, and then uh, I'm originally actually from Minnesota, so I grew up a Gophers fan. Um, then I went to Northwestern for grad school, so I covered the Wildcats there, covered the Gophers for a year in Minnesota, and then came down here for the last three years. So I've kind of been bouncing around the Big Ten the last last decade or so, but uh, got a pretty good pretty good thing going down here with with Hawkeye headquarters and following the Hawkeyes all around. Nice man. So. I'm not sure if you know my background, but um, I played I played basketball at Michigan, and uh, so when we played Iowa, Licklider was there. Okay, okay, so, yeah. Like the whole Licklider years with like Jay Kelly and Cyrus Tate and all those dudes. Um, years that I think everybody down here wants to forget. <laughs> <laughs> obviously, not a lot of success during that time. And I know he was coming after Steve Alford, but then that obviously. A bad ending there, and then Lick Lighter, but obviously Coach McCaffrey has righted the ship a little bit over in Iowa City since then. But yeah, definitely some some thin years here. Oh, for sure, man. It's uh, um, I will say that like when Iowa's packed, um, it's one of the best in the league. I th- I think I think it's kind of underrated in terms of uh fan ex- fan experience. Um, it's decent. It's very very unique. Uh, the way that it's all like built. Because it's kind of like, correct me if I'm wrong, but like when you walk in, the court is low, right? Yep, exactly. You basically, while you're the concourse is at uh, ground level, if you will, and then the, you're at the top and you go all the way down the courts, you know. That's what I thought. It's kind of built into a hill, but it's definitely like an underground field, definitely. That's what I thought. It's so unique, man. So, all right, so, I mean, this year, I mean, last game you guys had Bohannon. And a couple games later, uh, he had a medical redshirt. I know his like hip was jacked up, but yep. with uh, Bohannon being out, who's pretty much taking over for him, and like in all of his responsibilities that you know he had for the uh, Hawkeyes. You know, it's kind of been by committee a little bit. There's a freshman point guard I'm out of the Bronx, Joe Toussaint. He he's been getting a lot of run. Um, he's been in and out of the starting lineup. They've also started another big guy, Ryan Creener, depending on, on the matchup of the evening. Gotcha. Those two guys kind of picking up the minutes. I think Creener's got about 10 more minutes per game. Toussaint's about the same. And then they got a guy, uh, Bakari Evelyn, who was a grad transfer from Valparaiso. He, he's really stepped in, and he kind of goes back and forth with, with Toussaint. You know, the other night when they when they defeated Maryland on Friday, Toussaint started, he came in, and he was all over the place. I think he had four or five turnovers in the first you know, four or five minutes of the game. They pulled him. They put 
um, evil in it, who's kind of a stabilizing force. He's not gonna. He's not a big scorer. He's not. A, he's not a big facilitator. He just kind of does um, things correctly and runs the offense correctly, and, and that really got them stabilized against Maryland. So a little bit by committee. Um, they, they definitely miss Bohannon shooting more than anything. I think one of the most clutch shooters in the conference the last couple of years. Everybody has to account for him. Oh, yeah. So they're still kind of trying to find their way with the perimeter scoring. But um, as far as running the offense, it's been it's been those three guys. For sure, man. Man, Bo Hannon last year against Northwestern, then at Rutgers. Like, that dude hit some big shots. That yeah, he was never afraid to big take shots. him. He, he, he always felt like the thing this year, at least early on, you know, when the team got down in a couple of those early games that they lost, you didn't really feel like he was going to bring him back. Whereas last year, it always felt like, you know, they're down, I think, 15 to Northwestern in the second half. Yeah, they were a huge never goal. felt like they were out of it, you know, and it, just because he can get hot. And obviously, everybody they get momentum. You mentioned the home crowd, so sure. that's been a little bit different this year. But but one thing they haven't really gotten you know behind as much as they were last year, which they haven't needed to come back as much as as he uh, as he did last year. For sure. Um, so the game is close. You know, you had Bohannon last year. Who is Fran going to go to this year? Is it going to be? You know, put Garza in his spot or pretty much give the ball to Wieskamp? Yeah, I think it's got to be Wieskamp. You know, they want him to be that guy. Personality-wise, he's a local kid here from from Muscatine, Iowa, so he's, you know, in our region. And he he doesn't have the personality of a... A killer? You know, of a killer, of an assassin. He doesn't come in there. He's not not demanding. He's not um, very vocal. But he just kind of goes about. He's obviously a tremendous shooter, a tremendous player. But they they want him to be a little bit more of a leader out there. And I think Mm -hmm. the interesting thing is he's only a sophomore. So a game like Friday against Maryland, you know, they they blew the doors off them. But he really got going in that first half. He showed some emotion. And once, you know, any good shooter, you know, once they they get going in it, they get a couple shots knocked down. That basket becomes bigger and bigger and bigger, and that's kind of what happened. So I definitely think we'll see if it's a close game, game on the line. They're, they're running sets for him. They're definitely figuring out a way for him to, to get an open look because he, he definitely is the, their best you know their best guy off the dribble and obviously their best guy catch and shoot. For sure. Um, Adam J. Rosso on Twitter. Uh, he's at Hawkeye HQ and the Local 4 News. So – Wieskamp was struggling a bit going into last Michigan's game, and then there was a jump in his production over the last tank. I know he struggled a bit against Northwestern, yep. but like there was like a jump between that game after Michigan and right before Northwestern, where he was averaging about twenty um, on very like efficient shooting. What was it? Was it his aggression? Was it because Bohannon was out? You know, like, was his usage increased? What do you think that was? I, you know, I think actually it was partially because C.J. Frederick, one of the other guards, he, he'd been battling a stress reaction in his foot. He came back against Northwestern here uh, last night, but he had missed, I think, two and a half games. Oh. So over those three games, I think, like you said, Wieskamp was averaging almost 25 points a game, like 24, 23 yeah, points a game. going off. Yeah, yeah and I, I think that was part of it, that, you know, Frederick is is uh, definitely has the potential to be a good scorer, and I think with without him, it basically became a two-man offense with, with Wieskamp and Garza, and, sure. and they got creative, I think, with, with some of their sets. Um, they saw against Nebraska last week that they lost. They just packed it in against Garza and said they're not going to let him beat him. Double, triple team coming from all sides of the court. And Wieskamp struggled. I think he shot one for ten from three. 
Gotcha. Uh, still scored, I think, 21, 22 points, but just didn't have it. So it's kind of a preview, I think, of what they're going to get depending on who's in the lineup. That I think a lot of teams will see on Friday um, with, with what Coach Howard and everybody does, but I don't think they're going to let Garza score 44 points again. I think yes, they are. Kind of the way they, yes, they, they are. are. Yes, they are, and it pisses me off. See, I, I, I think that... You know, depending on if Frederick's 100%, I think you make Iowa Peacher from three. I mean, they're only three of 15 in that first matchup from three. And, you know, if they make a few of those, it's, it obviously was a pretty competitive game. But yeah. I think that's kind of the formula. Garza's going to get his 15 to 20 points regardless of what defense you're playing. But it's right. that difference if you want him to go for 30 or if you want him to, to stay in the 20s, depending on how the team the team defense is played. So, yeah, if they let him do it, I mean, he'll do it, obviously. Um, last night, I think he, in the first ten minutes he scored, or the first four minutes of the game he scored ten points. Like he'll he'll get his buckets regardless. So yeah. I think that's kind of one of the most interesting chess matches about the the rematch here is how they decide to defend Garza. And it's this is what's going to happen. It's, it's it's and it's super annoying. Um, so you've seen these guys putting up numbers against Michigan. You know, Daniel Arturu goes off for 30. Yep. Uh, the dude Williams at Purdue, below the basket guy, goes off for like 36 or 37 and 20. Yep. Um, you have, you know, these guys putting up career numbers. Um, like, I'm pretty sure Big Ten, Big Ten bigs, is are, they're averaging like 30 and 10 um, against Michigan. They're not going to double Garza. They're not going to dig on him. Um, Michigan is one of the – they are one of or like they're like number one or like top five or top ten in the country in uh, not allowing attempted threes against or made. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Right. So they don't let you they – want, they want you to beat them with twos. Um, and in the Big Ten – there, these are some of the, in my opinion, it's the it's it's the most well coached conference in my opinion. Um, I just think guys, I just think guys have, I just think that these coaches are too good to guard every single team the exact same way. And yep, I, I would agree. Yep. And that's what's going to happen. Like like they went into the Minnesota game. Everyone knew what they were going to do on the Michigan side, and so did the Minnesota staff. They didn't help on Oturu not one time. He had like twenty. He had like twenty points in the first half, or something crazy. Um, I think Garza is going to go for at least 30, 30 35 again, and um, it's it's just going to be a thing if Wieskamp and C.J. Frederick, uh, if they have 15 or 20 I just think Iowa's going to win that game by double digits interesting interesting do you, back to the coaching thing since you played how much better has the, the depth of the Big Ten gotten because all the teams have good coaches Coach McCaffrey talks about it almost every week just talks about how, how many good staffs and, and good players there are in the conference do you, do you agree with that that the depth and the, the competitive balance of the conference is largely because of, of an increased you know uh of better coaches? I think so. I think so, yeah. I mean, if you look at, you know, somewhere like, you know, if, if you look at Turgeon at Maryland, uh, 
he gets out coached almost every single game, and he recruits super well. If you look at his, if you look at his at his roster, um, he recruits very very well, but he gets out coached a lot, and a lot of his wins are coming from his talent. But when it comes down to when it comes down to hey, if this guy can out scheme Turgeon, or if if he can dial up some things that are going to confuse Turgeon. Uh, Maryland is going to have a hard time winning that game because he's such a liability, um, which, whatever, you know, it happens. Um, yeah. Look at Steve Peichel. You know, I've been a fan of his since day one. Just the way that yeah. just you could, like, see the culture changing, and you could see that the way that they play, um, totally different from the last staff. So Peichel in himself – raises that bar. You look at guard out in Wisconsin. He doesn't get the best players, but you know, he is, you know, he went back to the swing cuz that pick and roll stuff all the time just wasn't working for him. Um you look at, I mean, Patino, I'm, I'm not a fan of him, but you know, Patino, Turgeon, they're like at the bottom of the of the of the uh, barrel, but if those are the bottom of the barrel, you're <laughs> Yeah, it's right, a exactly. very it's a very good league. I like I like Fran too. Um, Fran has had um, man that team with Devin Marble could have could have been a lot better. Yeah. Yep. I think, um, but uh, unfortunately, like you put that Iowa team in any other con- like you put that team in the uh, in the uh, Pac twelve, or you put that team in the Big twelve. You put that team in like the Big East, they're doing pretty well. They're doing pretty well. But you have your Izzos. I mean, you had Beeline for 12, 13 years. Um, very, very good staffs, man. And like Illinois, they struggled so much for the, the first you know couple years with Underwood because Underwood was just having his guys run around like crazy dudes. Like that's gonna work in the in the Big Ten, so he's yeah. had to change and settle down and be more like okay, I can't just have guys running around trying to turn the ball, turn everyone over, because in the Big Ten you don't turn the ball over that that much, and those guys pick you apart. I feel like this is I wrote this yeah, today actually. I feel like this is, might be Fran's best coaching job since he's been here. I just feel like with you know you lose Tyler Cook. One of the best players in the league last year. He was so Isaiah good. Moss was a good shooting guard. He was scary. Nicholas Bear was kind of their glue guy. Obviously, Bohannon, he's now no longer there. And then they had a, a redshirt uh, sophomore, Jack Nungy. He tore his ACL in November. So they've had some guys from last year where you thought they would definitely be competitive for a, for a uh, NCAA tournament bid. And then yeah. kind of the expectations get lowered. Well, now they're, they're ramping back up. And I think it's it seems like France got guys that know what he wants to get accomplished on both ends of the court. They know his system. They know the counters for everything that uh, the opposing defenses are going to look at and try to throw at them. And that, that I think is, is probably, uh, probably most enjoyable for a coach when you got guys that you almost need to take a hands off approach with just saying, let them, let them counter, let them, let them just read and play basketball. And exactly. I think they've done that with a lot of success. Exactly. Sometimes when like the coach has his hand too far in the jar, the guys that you recruited to do what they do well, they're no longer doing well because your hands are around them so tight. You know what I mean? So Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, man. So I mean, uh 
it should be it should be a good game. I'm really excited about it. Um, it sucks that it, that it's on a on a on a Friday night because that's when high schools play. Friday night late too. The eight o'clock start. Yeah, it's yeah. ended. So I think there's a forecasted uh, snowstorm over here. So it could, oh, that's brutal. It could really put a damper on the on the crowd. You know, last year I think it was a Friday night last year when. When Iowa upset Michigan and, and the crowd was great, they obviously stormed the court. And, it, yeah. and you said it like it, it depends on who's there, but Iowa's fan base they they enjoy supporting their Hawkeyes. So when they get the right people in the stands, it, it definitely becomes a home court advantage. So we'll see if the the weather puts a damper on that. But I think it's going to be an interesting matchup. I really think that, like you said, kind of the adjustments from that first matchup, and, and we'll see early on really what um, if there are any on Garza or if, like you said, they're gonna. They're gonna kind of do their thing, defend the three, and, and let him go to work down low. It's so it's so much harder. Uh, I mean, the I mean, Jawan and his staff, um, you know, like so far, uh, are gonna be like, in my opinion, um, like middle bottom tier in terms of staff and preparation so far. And uh, it on top of that, it is so much harder to adjust after you win. You know what I mean? If you yeah. if you lose, hey, okay, you have a different outlook about things. But if you make if you really look at that game, Michigan had to score over a, a hundred just to win. You know what I mean? And they shot the blood out the ball. So it's um it's gonna be very interesting. I don't think Michigan is gonna change much. Not sure what Isaiah Liver's status is. Um but it's gonna be a very interesting game. I do think Garza goes goes off and has around thirty five or more, um, and then it's it's going to come down to the help is Wieskamp, is Frederick, um, is you know Fran's son. Is he gonna? Because he's a he he doesn't score much, but he's a hell of a passer. Like that dude. Yep, he's another one of those guys that knows knows what exactly what they want in certain situations. You're right. He's yeah. he's not a scorer. He's He's a good facilitator, and he's just a he's just a heady player on both ends of the court. And he, he can get throws. the guys in the right sets and, and really direct the traffic. Especially, you know, I was most impressed with him at Iowa State. Tough environment over at Hilton to play in. Yeah. They had won there, and Fran had never won there. They had won there since 03. And he had a big shot. He really got the guys under control, and Iowa State made their run in the second half. He was the one kind of directing the traffic, and that, that really kind of won me over because he's, he's taking a lot of heat here just obviously because he's the coach's son. Of, of course. Uh, just, you know, and he, he takes the heat. He, he, you know, gets a lot of a lot of it from the opposing fans and everybody else, but he really is – he's impressed me this year just having to step up, especially now without Bohannon on the, on the perimeter. Yeah, such a good passer. Like, if you're not pressuring him, making him play fast, like, he will dice you and slice you up very, very easily. Um Underrated player, in my opinion. I know he's going to get get crap because he doesn't score twenty. Anyone who doesn't score twenty is going to get crap by by the dumbest and the most casual fans out there. <laughs> so, I mean, it is what it is. Um, so, Twitter Adam J Rosso at Hawkeye HQ in local four news. Um, what are your predictions? You know, I, I think I, I, I am kind of in agreement with you. I think if the supporting cast of Iowa, Wieskamp, Frederick, even Connor McCaffrey, if they, if, if one of those three gets going, I do think Iowa, Iowa wins. I, I, I was interested, you know, you brought up the Oturu factor, and I, 
I was surprised how well actually Minnesota handled everything. Like I felt like I feel like Minnesota's a bottom three team in this league, and yeah. they really made it. It wasn't an easy win, but it wasn't a you know hard stopping. They had to have some otherworldly performance. He just kind of did his business inside, and yeah. a couple guys you know helped him out making some shots. So I think it could be similar. I don't think I was going to want to play in the eighties and nineties again because their bench is so thin. Right. So that to me is if if Michigan, you know, Simpson, Livers, those guys want to push it and they do want to get up and down. How does how does Iowa counter that? Because the thin bench, you know, Fran does like to play fast, but right. do they do they either, you know, slow it down, do they play try more zone, throw mix up defenses to slow it down? I don't know, but that that's kinda of an interesting chess match. But yeah, I'd say Iowa by let's say, you know, six to ten, I would say. I'm with you. I I think it's gonna be uglier than that, honestly, man. Um road the fact that it's on the road, Michigan has not proven yet that they can be successful on the road. I think they're like 0-3 or 0-4 now. Um, all all very decent teams, though. Like, you lose on the road at Illinois, at Louisville, at Michigan State, um, at Minnesota. I mean, like, you're – like, basically you got destroyed by, you know, you know top 10 team, you know, top 25 team, tournament team – Minnesota, a really good big man, you know, averaging like twenty and twelve now. Um, so it's it's going to be interesting. I I think the game is going to be more in the ten to fifteen point range, um, and I hate that. <laughs> I hate that. But I keep thinking about you know we needed over a hundred points to keep the game to even like like that game was not. Like it feels like Michigan blew them out at times, but at the same time, it's like that game was really freaking close. Like you were like two possessions away from that being like a last second. Whose possession is it that's going to win the game? So um, I need to see some some type of switch up on how we're guarding bigs. Garza can do multiple things. He's not just a back-to-the-back guy. He can get you outside from mid-range, inside. Um, are they going to attack him more? Um, and Franz Wagner has to have a great day guarding Wieskamp. Because uh, Wieskamp, in my opinion, he is a pro. Um, and he will be a pro eventually. I know he tried you know, to, you know, just to go out and test the waters last year. Um, I think, you know, he's going to definitely trend towards the NBA at some point. Um, you guys have a lot more talent than what people give you guys credit for. Um, but it's it should be a very interesting game, man. But I, I just need I just need them to show that they will not just allow bigs to get 30, 40 points every single game. Yeah, I mean, you'd say eventually you think the second time through now, when they start seeing repeats, I guess, like you said, it's tougher to change when you win, but eventually, I think the Minnesota game may be case in point. Like, I think, I would say Michigan's a more talented and probably a better overall team. Right. I know it was a road game, but, you know, letting their only guy that's a potential pro in Oturu go off like that, maybe they'll, we'll see, maybe they will throw something different at at Garza. On Friday, no, you're not confident in it. I'm not Maybe confident. Hey, we, we have to. <laughs> I've been seeing it all year. Garza, 44. Williams, 30 something. I mean, I mean, it was. I'm just waiting just to see how much he drops. Is it's gonna be interesting? It's gonna be real interesting, man. 
But um, Adam J. Rosso on Twitter, hey, thank you so much for uh, coming on, man. I really appreciate it. Yeah, definitely. It. I appreciate it. Let's do it again, maybe Big Ten Tournament or sometime in March. Let's connect back up, talk some more hoops. For sure, for sure, man. We'll talk soon. All right. Take care. See ya. All right, that was Adam J. Rosso from Hawkeye HQ and Local 4 News uh, talking a little bit about the Iowa Hawkeyes and their matchup against Michigan coming up on Friday. Um, as you guys know, go on to SeatGeek. There's a lot of concerts going on out there. There's games going on out there. There's a lot of events going on out there. Any ticket you need, go on to SeatGeek. Use my promo code ANTRIGHT. You get $20 off of your first purchase. Um, you can even like finagle it. You can do open up like, 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 uh, like a random email, open up like a little fake email and you can save some more tickets and you can really, you know, work the system like that if you want to. But as you guys know, SeatGeek, Ant writes the promo code, save you $20. I'm all for saving you guys money, but thank you guys so much for listening in. And I will talk to y'all soon, man. At Simple Mobile, you get the no contract advantage. Those other mobile companies make you think you're in control, but you're really not. Simple Mobile is different. You can get a powerful nationwide 5G network all without a contract. It's the reliability you need when you need it. With no mystery fees, no activation fees, and no contract ever. Simple Mobile. Out with the old, in with the simple. 5G capable device and SIM required. Actual availability, coverage, and speed may vary. 5G network not available in all areas. 5G upload speeds not yet available.